1: guys, this is the Talking the Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Connor live The drum of my co-hosts tonight, Dalton Miller and Cole Patterson. Uh, we are pretty ecstatic, I would say, is a good choice of words, as Dak Prescott is a long-term option and quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. For the foreseeable future, as the Cowboys have recently uh, agreed to terms with Prescott Four years Not about $40 dollars $40 a year. The contract details are still being worked out a little bit, but uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit today, and then we're going to discuss uh, some of the positions of need um, and also the value for the Cowboys in the first, you know, top fifty with picks ten and forty four. Uh, before we dive into that, fellas, how you doing tonight? And, and give us give us some some thoughts real quick on your on your Dak Prescott uh, contract.
2: Well, um, it sounds like you are on the edge of an underground tunnel, and you're stepping in and out of it, because your audio quality on your phone, um, because this computer, you know, full uh, transparency here, ladies and gentlemen, is a piece of crap, um, and is not working, so we have Connor on the phone, but Connor couldn't miss this episode, um, because we are talking about the DACA, or uh, re-signing, I guess it was, because he wasn't actually under contract, so... Yes, um, I went on YouTube immediately after I heard the news. Um, and so you can see my live reaction on my YouTube page. Um, I thought that it was pretty hilarious because I, I was like trying to come up with like actual words to describe how I was feeling and what this meant. And I was just like, uh, I can't talk, like freaking out that this <laughs> just happened. Um, and then, you know, you got the picture of, of Tad and, and Dak um, hugging in the, in the living room after they got the news, that embrace, uh, was, was really, really cool to see. He got the deal that he wanted. It still is a good deal for the Cowboys, you know, cap wise. So, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely through the roof for not just him getting the contract, but how nice the contract ended up being for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. um... Yeah. And
1: by the, by, by the way, before Cole, uh, if anybody would like to donate to my new laptop, GoFundMe, just uh, slide in my DMs.
3: <laughs> Gotta get you a new a new laptop, for sure. Yeah, I'm a peasant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always saw the notification of, uh, you know, the deal on my phone. I didn't believe it at first, you know. It was kind of one of those things where I was wanting it to happen for so long, but I didn't think it was actually going to happen. Um, it just seemed like, it was inevitable for them to put the uh, franchise tag on on deck, even if it's just something they do now and then work out a deal in July. I thought there was no way they were gonna get a deal done before Tuesday and sure enough they did and it was really awesome. Like Dalton mentioned the picture with Tad was really cool to see. Um, obviously that those two guys have been through a ton this year, um with or this past year with um you know, their brother passing away and with the injury and all of that. So it was really cool to see, and I'm really happy that the Cowboys got that um, deal done with Dak Prescott, and it's really cool to be able to move on to uh, another topic. We don't have to stress about that anymore, which is
1: really
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> so nice.
3: Yeah. yeah
1: no, I, I definitely agree with you guys. I was I was super excited at the time, and, I mean, I feel like we've been talking about this for literally three years because, yeah. you know, the 2018 it could have been, you know, it could have been extended after the 2018 season. He wasn't. Then it was 2019. He played out of his mind up until the the uh, shoulder injury and hand injuries, you know, we thought it would get done then, and it didn't. And then, you know, last year happened when, you know, he had to play on the tag. There was no negotiating a contract in that year. Then the injury happened, and it was like – I feel like, you know, this was probably the first time that I was, like, seriously concerned if it would get done or not because mm-hmm. of – you know the injury, and because of the frugal, you know how frugal Stephen Jones is. So, yeah. you know, I was kind of at the point now where I was like, "Is it? You know, is this it? Like, this was the least confident I've been in them getting it done." And it was, you know, it was awesome to see that they were able to get it get it done. And I think, you know, I heard Charles Robinson on the radio uh, mm-hmm. today talking a lot, and he had a lot of good information and insight about how. You know, the relationship wasn't great between France and Jones, you know, Stephen Jones, and then it kind of got worked out and really kind of almost made it seem like that injury kind of brought everybody back together and maybe gave everybody, like, a good perspective on, like, maybe Dak's side was like, okay, you know, we want to be here. We we like it here. And then the Joneses were like, well, we need you here. Like, Mm -hmm. we can't really do this without you. So I thought it was kind of cool. Um so if you didn't hear that interview on the fan uh today, which was you know, Tuesday, um I would definitely try to find that and check it out because I thought it was it was really insightful. Yeah,
2: yeah, um what you guys can do uh to find that easily is you can go to um Not to Be Trite on Twitter. He tweeted it out and I know he tagged me and Jeff Cavanaugh, and Brian brought us in it um and so you can you can find that he has it time stamped and everything and ready for you so at not to be trite on twitter um is where you can find that pretty easily
1: yeah yeah definitely mm-hmm. would suggest checking it out because it they'll give you a good i feel like you know there was so much discussion about like who's at fault you know why didn't it get done in this year or that year and, like He's one that will know, and he takes you through, like, well, if they would have went to this number in 2018 or this number in 2019, then it would have gotten done, and it didn't, and I think that's where a lot of our frustrations came in because yep. we said yep. a lot of those things, and a lot of people out there were like, oh, you know, and it was speculation, but a lot of people were like, that's not true. They offered it that, and it kind of makes it seem like they didn't, so I was pretty, you know, before we kind of move on, like, I was almost surprised that the con- – I mean – I think Dak yeah. got a lot of positives in the deal with the no trade clause and the no franchise tag clause, which is great for him because it puts him really in the driver's seat in a few years. But, like, I mean, I, w- I kind of thought it would be north of $40 million, you know, and I thought that there was a chance it could be three years instead of four. So I feel like both sides kind of got, you know, somewhat of a deal and they got what they were looking for. and it, It's great that it came together how it did.
3: For sure, yeah. So,
1: but yeah, um, I guess we'll talk some, some uh, draft now because this is talking the draft, not talking the star, but cause And you know what's 99. awesome
2: is we can talk about the draft now without talking about Dak Prescott.
1: Yeah. Or a quarterback, just not having to talk about <laughs> I know. the quarterbacks. It's like, you know, wait, like we haven't really, really covered quarterbacks yet, but like... In the back of my mind, and I'm sure in the back of you guys' mind, it was like, mm. well, <laughs> if they yeah. don't get a deal done like in Justin Fields' falls to 10, like yep. there's a really good chance they're going to pick him. So mm. I'm really kind of glad that we can just turn the yep. page. Yeah, me too, me yeah. too.
2: But the positions but of need that we can think of are offensive tackle and corner, and those are the ones that we want to discuss today. And, you know, I, I know that the radio today at to five three, The Fan brought up a really, really nice question of where do you feel more comfortable getting those guys at? You know, would, Do you like the depth of the offensive tackle class to be able to be there at 44 and possibly, you know, find a starter for the Cowboys? Or do you like a corner most likely at 44 and grabbing your offensive tackle at 10 to figure out who that starter is? Uh, I mean, Connor... It, You've watched these guys, I I know you have as well, Cole. Um, but what do you think, Connor? Where where do you think the, the depth of this draft is when it comes to, to finding that quality starter? Which which can you get the better of for, at ten and forty so, four?
1: I feel like the popular opinion on this probably won't agree with me because I feel like a lot of people say I'd rather take the tackle at ten. Mm. You know, probably it being Slater and taking a corner at 44, but I just think with the position value intact and the way this roster is built, I'd rather draft what I think is, again, Slater's more than likely going to be, I've said this on Twitter a lot, but Slater is more than likely going, if he's still there, is more than likely going to be my highest ranked player when the Cowboys are on the clock. But, it's going to be close enough to Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn that the position of need, the position value at corner will be worth taking the corner there, any of those three. I'd be happy with Sertan. I'd be happy with uh, Farley. I'd be happy with Horn at 10. Um, so I'm, I'm, what I would do if I was running that draft or if I was a general manager, manager is I'm taking the corner at 10, any of those three, you know, if I could trade back four or five spots and pick up a JC Horn or trade back a little bit more, maybe pick up a, you know, Newsome from, um, Northwestern, like I'm all about that too. Um, Belafon, I have a first round grade on, I'd even draft him in the late teens, early twenties if you wanted to move back, pick up some picks and move around. Um, uh, but I'm under the, my, my, my thing is, is I think that corner position needs to get addressed. Uh, we like Trayvon Diggs, but I think, My opinion Mm. is is he's probably getting overrated a little bit. Like, really, you know, for a second-round pick, I think he played well last year. But I think people think he's, like, an all-pro already, and that's just not the case. So Mm. I think we need to get, you know, more talent in the secondary. I think that'll help your defense line, your pass rush. And then we can find that tackle in the second, in my opinion, even in the third uh, round that can maybe play some multiple positions, uh, Deontay Smith, uh, Robert Hainsey, Jackson Carmen, a guy like that in the second, third round that can come in and play multiple roles for you, kind of fill in that Rashawn Slater role, just not as good and obviously, but obviously you're getting much later. Um so that's kind of where my stance is on that.
3: Yeah. Cole? Yeah, I'm pretty much on board with Connor. Um I think to me, I think the secondary needs to be addressed this offseason in a major way. Like, Diggs did show some flashes as a rookie. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm kind of worried about the rest of the secondary that you don't know what you're going to do in this at safety. Um, obviously, there's a lot of high hopes for Donovan Wilson, but he's got to put a, together a full season. Um, obviously, Xavier Woods is entering free agency. Um, I think you got to shore up the secondary first and foremost. I think that's the bigger immediate need between the two. Um, Obviously, there are some questions regarding Leo Collins and Tyron Smith, their health, how if both of them, if either one of them could play a full 16-game schedule next year. Um, those are legitimate questions that need to be answered. But I just think you got to take one of these top guys at corner. Um, I, I honestly don't care who it is. I think you can get good value with any of the top guys, be it um, Sertan, be it uh, Farley, Horn. I think any of those guys can immediately make an impact in, in that uh, Cowboys defense for Dan Quinn. Um, I really like J.C. Horn's physicality and all of that. I think he brings swagger that this defense needs, but Farley has the high upsides or 10s, the guy that's been groomed to play, you know, DB his whole life with his dad playing in the NFL, He's coming from big-time programs in high school and college. To me personally, I think corner's the bigger need. I think that's the route you need to go at 10. Um, and then, like Connor said, he has some guys you can target in the second round. Um, to me, I think corner is the position they need to identify um, early in the draft.
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I really wish that I could disagree with you guys. I want to be able to disagree <laughs> with you guys, to be honest. Um, because I, let, let, you know, it, it's since never since fun. To, gonna, well, I
1: was gonna say since you do, it sounds like you do agree with this, and you're probably gonna say a lot of the same. Do, things. You, want me me to make, you, do you
2: want me to make the argument the other way around?
1: No, 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 What I'm gonna ask, what I'm, what I'm gonna ask you is, is we'll do that too. But what I was gonna ask you was, is if you had the crystal ball that to- took you through the top fifty picks. Let's just say that, just to make it easy. What would it have to look like? Like, what tackles would have to be on the like what? I guess my question is, what tackles would have to be on the board at ten and at forty four for you to go the other way? If that makes sense, like. Mm. You know, like if, like so,
2: so pretty much if what tackle has to be there at forty four for
1: you to be like, okay, this is we're fine taking Farley at ten and taking this guy at forty four.
2: Yeah, see, that's my thing. Is um, I I think I'd rather have the corners at the top, anyways. Mm
1: -hmm. But like, there
2: are, I mean, legitimately, like ten guys in this offensive tackle class that can play offensive tackle. First of all and maybe be a starter for you in maybe not year right. one, but year two, year three going forward, and ha- also have inside experience and, and be able to do that as well. Like, there are so many of those guys in this I draft, know. and I think that that is going to drop. I, I don't think these tackles are going to get all you know, fed to the wolves in the top 50 picks. So I think you're going right. to be able to get a really good one around 44. I think that you're going to find a Samuel Cosme or a Dylan Raddance or a Liam Eikenberg. Uh Jackson Carmen, Alex Leatherwood, Walker Little hasn't played in two years. Um, but everybody seems to really like him. Um Brady Christensen a little bit late, like even getting to seventy three. Is it seventy three or seventy four or seventy two? Which pick right. is it? Is it seventy two? Whichever one it is, in the in the early seventies. Like yeah. you might have a developmental guy that after a year of sitting behind timers because at the end of the day, why are we drafting a backup at ten? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly yeah. right.
1: And, and,
2: and again, I, and I understand you that, doing I, that. I understand that. Needs. Yeah. And I understand mm. that needs change quickly in the NFL. You know, you think that something is not a need, and then all of a sudden in the next season, you need three of them. Yeah. I understand that that happens. Right. But you haven't had a defense in 25 years now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when is it? 2009. 2009, they had a good defense. Um, or 2007 yeah. was the really good one. But, like... Well, they have a decent outline, stretch in yeah. 2017 or 2018. And one of
1: those 2017
2: and played. 18, they had a decent stretch. But they were just right. kind of playing out of their minds at that point. Uh-huh. Yeah. They need right. as much defensive help as they can. I don't want them to reach on a guy just because... But I do think that one of J.C. Horn, Caleb Farley, or Patrick Sertan are going to be there, and I like all three of them with yeah. the 10th pick. I'm okay with that at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think no, I mean, any I, of those three
3: guys make your team better, quicker than any of the offensive tackles. Um, obviously, if um, Penny, penny Sewell falls to 10, I, would, I definitely have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it would be hard to pass him up. But, I mean, it seems very unlikely he falls outside of the top five. I think any of those three corners um, will pair really nicely with uh, Tervon Diggs in the secondary. And, uh, like I said, i will get that defense to that next level. Help them uh, perform at a level that we really haven't seen them perform at in over two decades.
1: Yeah, I, like, my my biggest thing is is, like, I think the depth of this corner class is really strong. My issue is coming into play, and this is all just from playing on, you know, the mock draft simulators and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. my biggest issue is like, I feel like, like, I feel like I can find an impact corner at 10, but I feel like I can, like, at 44, I think it's starting to become tough, because you, I feel like there's a chance that your Newsoms are going to go, your Horns are going to be gone, yeah. your Mellifonwus could be gone, so you're then getting into, like, your Stokes's, your Campbells, your,
2: um, I'm trying to think of some names I'm missing here, like, uh, Aaron Robinson, yeah. Robinson, Robinson Jr. Like, and, and the thing with corner that you have to think about as well is, some of these guys... Five eleven and under thirty two inch arms, they're exactly. just they're not gonna Robin's be they're team. not gonna be on this football. Yeah. Team. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. so, mm-hmm. so you're mm-hmm. not gonna have yeah. all the yeah. like speed Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and that that's my thing, is like those top three guys, your 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 newsoms, your I mean, your uh, your Farleys, your chatans, your horns, your newsoms, like Melifonlou's, those four or five guys like fit exactly what think can work in this defense and be successful and like those are your mm-hmm. those should in my opinion like if i'm the cowboys like those are my five guys i'm trying to target in the first round whether it's at 10 whether it's at a trade trade back i want one of those guys and yeah. then but my thing is is like at 44 i feel like i can get a starting tackle i feel like a cosme um Kay. a mayfield like one of those guys could be is going to be leatherwood like one of those guys is going to be there at 44 they can play inside-outside of Jenkins, like, that's an inside-outside guy that could po- possibly be there at 44, but, like, even mm-hmm. going further than that, like, I feel like I can get a guy in that third round, like, you were talking about Dalton, a Walker Little, a Brady Christensen, like, there's guys that I think even in the fourth round, like, again, you're getting into developmental guys at that point, but, like you said, Dalton, like, in a perfect world, you don't want this guy starting, you know, unless Tyron Smith misses, you know, three or four games, like, he has been. Yeah. Which I'm okay with. Like And you have to think, like, you still have productive players that played for you a lot this year in Brandon Knight and Terrence Steele who got better and who were solid for you at certain parts of this year. So, like, I just don't want to draft a guy at 10 who realistically is, like, taking over for an already okay guard in Connor Williams or not playing at all, hopefully, in 2021. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not what I want to do. So, I can get... Like I mean, again, like, Deontay Smith's tape isn't great at East Carolina, but his senior bowl and, like, what his projection could be is, like, the perfect third or fourth round tackle if he's still there yeah. for me. Because he can play inside, he can play outside, he's an athlete, he's long, he's got the frame, he's got the projection. It's just, can we put it all together? So, like, that's what, in a perfect world, I'd like to go corner, safety, defensive tackle, Deontay Smith, and I feel like I'd be happy with that paired with Terrence Steele, Brandon Knight, your, your starters.
2: And at the end of the day, when we're talking about really good quarterbacks, like, yes, everybody wants to bring up the fact that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs lost that football game, and it was probably because they were missing both of their offensive tackles. I am a firm believer that if you have one of the offensive tackles they win that football game. I think that the really good quarterbacks, as long Mm -hmm. as the interior can survive, if you have one offensive tackle that can mostly do their job, you can account for one free rusher as a as a very, very good quarterback. And Dak Prescott has become one of the best at manipulating the pocket and creating himself throwing windows without having to actually sprint out of the pocket and make a wild play out of structure. He's able to get those slight nuances and get the ball out right before he gets hit. Um, As long as he's not a little bit gun-shy coming off of that injury, I don't see that, that changing. So even if Tyron Smith goes down, we saw Terrence Steele get better as the year went on. Like you said, Brandon Knight was good up until he got injured. It was the rest Mm -hmm. of the offensive line getting injured as well. You had guys coming in and out on the interior as well. And so with so many things going wrong on the offensive line, the one thing I will say about that is continuity is super important. And if you can find a guy who you can draft that you can look to next year and say, he can be the starter, he won't be as good as Tyron, but we can live without him, then you can get rid of Tyron, because listen, at this point, I love Tyron, Tyron is still only 30 years old, but he's got back injuries, man, and those are never going to go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: no, I, I 100%. And, and let me, I mean, I feel like all of us agree here, like if the pick is Rashawn Slater or Pene Sewell at 10, like, we're not going to be mad about it. Or Christian
2: Darasol.
1: Or Christian, I mean, again, Um. I like Christian Darasol by my 11th, I think, ranked over at Slater, so, like, I mean, I love, I really like Elijah Vera Tucker. Like, if they, if they, I mean, again, I think he's probably the opposite, where I think Slater and Sewell are probably tackles that can play guard. Tucker might be a
2: a better guard
1: prospect Mm -hmm. and play tackle, but, like, if they wanted to trade back and draft him, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate drafting any of the top five corners in the first round, and I wouldn't hate drafting any of these top four or five tackles in the first round. I wouldn't hate either one of them. Yeah, I would just prefer to start building that defense because the offensive line, when healthy and when all there, is already set and already a top unit,
2: and so your what... depth there already. So what we're really saying here, boys and girls, is that we think the draft will be able to fall in a way to where you can trade (laughs) down from 10 all the way until probably 20 and get a guy who you can legitimately see being your 10-year starter at the position. Whatever position that may be. Either way, I think it would be a win. Right,
1: right. Right. And, And I mean, like, I guess my, you know, when I go back to it, is like looking at the big picture. For me, it's, you know... I feel like there's a chance I can still get a starting – I'm not saying starting tackle, but a starting caliber, developmental, like guy who can fill in, play an important role at tackle, more so in that third and fourth round range than I can at corner. So I can improve my defense drastically with one, two, and three and still get my tackle, who I feel good about, more so than I could get my tackle, and then I'm, you know – I'm drafting a corner at 44, and then I'm not adding much talent to the safety room, and then my defensive tackles, you know, getting pushed further down. So, like, that's yeah. just why I have them ranked the way I do because I I can get a Walker Little or Brady Christensen, a guy who I really like who can come in, play inside out, Deontay Smith in that third, fourth-round range, and still improve my three biggest, you know, weaknesses on defense with corner safety, defensive tackle, or linebacker with those first three rounds and still get a guy in that third or fourth round range that can come in and, you know, make an impact.
3: So you rather have the instant impact guy at corner and uh maybe take one of those second tier offensive linemen and have the first tier offensive linemen in one of those second tier corners. Is that what Right. You're saying? And and, yeah, and really yeah.
1: it's just because like like Dalton said, like I mean, Terrence Steele looked like a player at the end of the year. Uh, well, you
2: know? well, 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 let's let's let's, let's <laughs> a bit. He looked like he could be a competent swing tackle at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, that, that's a player, right?
2: Sure, but like when we're talking about a player, we we usually are talking about somebody who we can envision being a, at least a low end starter. Which which Terrence Steele at this point as a, a second year undrafted rookie free agent the, the past year in that in that he is not.
1: I literally meant, like, an NFL player because at times last year he did not look like that at all. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. for sure, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, again, like, if we're being honest with ourselves, like, that's what you want to see in your UDFA tackle out of Texas Tech. Like, you want to see him improve drastically throughout the year, which is what I feel like we saw in 2020. It's just, can you build off that coming 2021 and it be, like you just said, like, uh, you know, at least a super reliable swing tackle or a low-end starter, which that's probably reaching a little high, but I don't think it's totally out of the the realm of possibility.
0: Support for this show comes from Stolen Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity – and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady,
2: a Netflix Live event happening May 5th
3: Sorry, I didn't hear you say my – I missed You just, cut out.
1: No, yeah. oh, I was I, – I said, like, so the development we saw from Terrence Steele in 2020 makes us feel like there's a chance that he could be that super reliable swing tackle or that low-end starter. Is that completely out of the realm of possibility?
2: No, I mean no. The, the the swing tackle I think is probably more realistic. Um, but right, he was right, always right. a guy. He was always a guy coming out that had a lot of upside and and not a lot of technical ability. So sure. I mean I I think that that's a a possibility, but I, I wouldn't bank on anything more than a swing tackle.
1: Yeah, no, oh, I agree. I agree. And and I mean again, like we we talked a little bit about Brandon Knight, but. There's at times, you know, early in the year before the injury that he looked like he could be that guy, too, or you have, you know. Perfect. So, but real quick mm-hmm. before we before we get out of here, I do want to talk about the linebacker position a little bit because it was a big topic in my Twitter mentions today. Um, <laughs> as Jalen's, you know, salary cap stuff's being talked about, free agency stuff's being talked about. A lot of people are ready to cut Jalen Smith tomorrow, which I keep trying to. Explain to people, like, if you want to cut Jalen Smith, it's got to be a post-June 1st cut because you're literally saving $0 by cutting him before that, which means you're not really helping yourself for free agents um, if you do that post-June 1st. So what do you guys think? Like, how how much value are you trying to put in that linebacker position? Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, like, Jabril Cox, big fan of Janon Davis. Yeah. Those are a few guys I like in that you know second, third round range. Um, there's I mean, a really good chance that those guys could be gone by 44 and definitely couldn't make it to the third round. But where are you guys at as far as value goes on that linebacker position
2: and what are you kind of hoping the team does
1: at that position this year in the draft? Uh,
2: so for me personally, I mean, just looking down through it, I think that there's probably 2, 4, 6, 8, 10 or 11 guys that I could see you know, in the top 75 that you could work with, and then I would be okay with. Um, and so, yeah, I think for me that third round is kind of where I really, really like the poss- the possibility of a linebacker. And I also think that if you like some of the linebackers, um, but you don't like all of them, or, or, or you you do like all of them, and there's a bunch left when you're picking at 73, I think that you can wait. Um, and see if you can snack one at the the end of, you know, when you get have your comp pick at the end of the third round. Um, but when we talk about guys like Pete Warner, you can try to take the reclamation project of Dylan Moses, who is a, a freak yeah. athlete um, but doesn't know how to cover um, and looks lost a lot of the time playing Mike for Alabama. I, I think that if you get him to Will and let him just use his athleticism, he'd be better and just teach him how to cover, for God's sakes. Um, but like you said, Jameen Davis, Pete Warner, uh, Sarat, the guy I like probably less than the rest of these guys, but then you also have Cameron McGrone, who hasn't played a ton of football, but has a ton of upside as well. You already talked yep. about Jabril Cox, and then you have the top five guys in Mick Bolton, Zabin Collins, uh, like you have J.O.K., Baron Browning, Micah Parsons. Like, there are a lot yeah. of good linebackers in this class, and there are a lot of good linebackers with good athleticism. That can you know that you would be able to project forward as being able to cover at least somewhat. We we obviously know guys like Jabril Cox and JOK are unreal coverage guys. Yeah. Have you, yeah, I mean, you
1: watched? Have you guys watched Damon Davis yet?
2: Yeah, I, I brought him up. Yeah, his game no, against Florida think... was really really good.
1: Yeah. No, I, I I really didn't. I mean, I really enjoyed his tape. He's he's a
2: he's went from I mean again I watched him a couple of really diving. Yeah. I didn't expect anything from him either. So it was he was a he was I mean, a very a pleasant one spot.
1: year player pretty much.
2: Yep. <laughs> would yeah, either said, of I mean, you guys be sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off Colin.
1: No, you're good,
3: go ahead. No, I was gonna say would either I mean I definitely agree with Dalton said so I think you uh wait to address linebacker with all the other needs and everything, but would either one of you guys be Interested if the Cowboys were to do a trade back in the first round to take, like, a JOK that could get, like, in the middle of the first round? Or would you rather just them hold off on that and uh, prioritize, uh, like, other positions like corner and um, offense tackle, the two positions we just discussed?
2: If I'm drafting JOK for the Dallas Cowboys in mm-hmm. Dan Quinn's it scheme, it's to be Cam Chancellor. Okay. Right or it's not, it's not
1: Neal, I, I yeah. mm-hmm. totally agree. I mean, my I have a lot of you know not a lot of concerns, but for the Cowboys, like I don't think Jok is a linebacker. Um, yeah. I think he's a guy who can play down in the box and can do some of those roles, but like he's not going to be a guy who's going to line up at will linebacker every snap or Mike linebacker mm-hmm. every snap. Like I, I feel like those that that would be a concern for me. Um I mean, realistically, like for me, if you're talking about trading back and drafting the linebacker, which I, I don't want to do, but to answer your question, like I'd be looking at a, like a Nick Bolton type because um, mm-hmm. I think he would fill the role in Dan Quinn's system well. Is that like Deion Jones guy who's just undersized but super athletic, fast, can cover can hit? Like I think yeah. that's what I would look for if I did that. Uh, but I mean, I I mean my my, my thing is 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 if you traded back in the... Let's just say you trade back in the first you draft uh, Greg Newsom or uh, J.C. Horn or, or mm-hmm. um, Ifatu Melifonru, which I don't think that's what's going to happen, but let's just say they do and you pick up an extra second-round pick. Like If I'm going linebacker, I mean, I'm all for drafting your Jabril Cox or Jim yeah. Davis in that second-round range because I think both of those guys are studs. I mean, I think they can cover, they can run, they can hit, they disengage from blocks. Like, I think Davis out of Kentucky and Cox out of LSU, Browning out of Ohio State, I think, is probably more of a Sam that can play some will. But I think if you could get at, at either three of those guys, um, you know, in that second round after I, – I don't want to use 44 on a linebacker because I'm trying to okay. – I'm really hoping one of those safeties fall to 44, whether it's Grant or uh, Mo'Rig. So, like, that's what I want that 44 pick to be. You know, that's my okay. dream scenario. But – if you can pick up another second and, and draft one of those three guys—Browning, uh, Davis, or or, um, or Cox—in that late second round or something like that. Then yeah, sign me up.
3: Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this as far as waiting, I was just curious to hear your thoughts if you would uh, address linebacker early. But I definitely am on the same page with you all as far as uh, waiting a little bit longer, um, fill those other needs, especially if one of those safeties were to fall to. 44.
1: Let, let me let me ask you guys this, and then we'll we'll get out of here. But let's just say the Cowboys draft at ten. Let's say they pick Caleb Farley. Would you guys be interested? Let's just say they draft Caleb Farley at ten, or one of one of the top two or three corners at ten. Um, and they let's just say they go out and like sign a Keanu Neal, or a, they sign a safety in free agency that's going to come in, and you know is going to be. It's not like a Ha Ha Glenn, Dick's type. It's a safety that they signed in free agency that you know is going to start alongside Donovan Wilson. Would you guys then feel comfortable taking forty-four and maybe you know one of your fours and moving up, or one of, you know one of your threes and moving up back into the first and drafting like a Nick Bolton?
3: That's a good question.
2: Yeah, I mean, a a Nick Bolton or, I mean, even if you want to, you know, go back up into the first round and and get a a Samuel Cosme or a Jalen Mayfield or probably not Tevin Jenkins because he's a right tackle. Um, But Dylan Raddins, like, if you want to get one of those left tackles at, uh, you know, with – pick 44 in a, you know, fourth-round pick or fourth-round comp pick or, or whatever it would take to move up, you have 10 picks in this draft. You might as well get aggressive because you're not going to have 10 rookies on your roster, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I,
1: and the only reason I say that for, like, and I guess I'm, you know, that's personal preference, but, like, for me, you know, I feel like if you're, you know, for me Nick Bolton, there's a big gap for me between Nick Bolton and your next group where your tackles, I have so many guys bunched up from, you know, 20 to 40 that I feel like I could still get one of those guys, you know. Or, and for me, like, it's not even one of those guys. It's that next tier of guys. You're, like we've talked about, your Brady Christensen's, your Robert Haineses, your guys who can play, you know, either tackle spot, move inside, your Deontay Smith, or Walker Littles, like those type of guys are the guys that I think you can get in, you know, the third round. But, you know, my gap from my, my, you know, Nick Bolton, who I have graded as the best linebacker in this class, is, you know, there's a drop-off between him and your, you know, your your Baron Brownings, your guys who are playing maybe a little bit different position. You know, Brownings, like I said, more that Sam role where I, I don't want to spend a premium pick on him uh, in Dan Quinn's scheme because he's probably not playing a high percentage of snaps, but, like, I'd be... I'd be interested in doing that if you filled some of these holes in free agencies and you were, you know, trying to really add, you know, another impact player to that defense. I wouldn't mind taking a two in one of those threes and moving up, you know, into the 30s to get one of those guys.
3: Do you um, like that hall better, like a Farley, Bolton, Keanu Neal hall, better than like a Farley um... – Richie Grant, maybe like a Dalvin Tomlinson or another free agent. W- which hall would you uh, would you guys feel more comfortable with? Say
1: that one more time, because so so for me,
3: taking one of the top corners, one of the top three guys, or whatever, right. um, and then Richie Grant, forty four, and then you sign like Dalvin Tomlinson in free agency, or yeah. would you rather? Go with. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah?
2: Yes. But what you just said, yeah. I don't care what the other one is. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you like yes. that better? I, I, <laughs> I, I, I just I, want I, Dalvin Tomlinson
3: on my football team. No, I like <laughs> Dalvin Tomlinson too. Right, right. I,
1: I, I guess the question was like,
3: would, would you have, or throw any other, I guess, impactful defensive free agent that's not a safety, uh, one of those other guys? I guess the other scenario would be Keanu Neal, um, Nick Bolton, and one of the top three corners.
2: So you would rather go with the first option? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it fits the need a little bit better. I mean, you're getting yeah, a corner right. at your safety. And then for the defensive tackle side of things, especially with the one technique, that mm. is a difficult position to transition into the NFL. One, of, None of these guys, have, first of all, I don't think that they're going to spend high draft capital on a defensive tackle. And mm. second of all, those guys do take time to, to develop normally. So w- getting a, a veteran that you can just pay to come in, um, and you just got $15 million um, for signing your quarterback, so yeah. you might be able to get a deal done where you get to, you know, maybe even, you know, get a guy in free agency at defensive tackle and at safety, get two mid-tier guys at defensive tackle and right. safety instead of one, you know, better defensive tackle or whatever because we never know if they're going to miss, even even when they've been good in the past.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and, and I, def- I would do the... Harley, Grant, Tomlinson deal too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm also a coward because I would probably have like if I added up my grades, I have Bolton graded higher than Grant right now. It's not by a ton, but I do. So like according to my board I should say Harley, Bolton, uh, Neil. But yeah. like Dalton said, I just feel like the value of Tomlinson almost outweighs the draft yeah, value God. difference for me. So
0: yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. And, and and I mean not needing a linebacker nearly as much as you need a cornerback right. and, and yeah. a defensive tackle right. and a safety. So, so yeah. Yeah. if, fair, I, if yeah. I was
1: just following my draft board, it would be a sure, 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 Farley scenario. But okay. when I'm taking into what makes my team probably overall better, then yeah, I would do the the Grant, the Farley, and the Tomlinson deal.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. No more well, hypothetical cool, Let's get the people out of here.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's been a long episode, but we had a lot to talk about Dak Prescott's uh, Dallas Cowboys for the next four years. Hopefully, it'll be longer than that, too, as well, but uh, we are excited about that. We're excited about the draft. We're excited about free agency. It's a uh, pretty exciting time to be a, a fan of the team and for covering the team. It's, it's an exciting time. They have a quarterback, so that makes it, makes it exciting. Um, so we are, uh, We're just a few weeks away from free agency, and we're about a month away. We're bumping some change away from the draft, so we'll have a ton to talk about. On the Talking the Draft podcast, we might sprinkle some Talking the Star podcast in here too, as free agency approaches. So thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you're subscribing to the Blogging the Boys podcast feed on whatever podcast platform you listen on. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are Talking the Draft.